1: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Better Than Before. On the show today, we're going to talk to my good friend, Sam Fleury, and we're going to be talking sports, we're going to be talking marketing, we're going to be talking public relations, and we're going to be talking Columbia College, one of our fine universities here in Columbia, Missouri. That's coming up today on the Better Than Before show. It's brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. The Flaming Pit, Sky High Drive-In, Puckett's Menswear, Biscayne Mall, The Balloon Fest. Over the years we've seen lots of changes here in Mid-Missouri. Businesses and people come and go. One thing that hasn't changed is University Subaru. Homegrown is new peas and potatoes. We're so proud to be your locally owned dealer.
0: From here, been here, always will be here. Come by and experience the difference. University Subaru, truly homegrown and proud of it. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and I'm joined today by Sam Fleury. And Sam is the Senior Director of Public Relations at Columbia College. And we met a couple of years ago in Leadership Columbia. And I'm so happy
2: that you're able to come by today and visit with us, Sam. Tony, it's really good to be here with you and good to catch up after a couple of years. Uh, Leadership Columbia was a really good experience. And Your impact on our class was strong. Well, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we had to turn the recording on because we could have sat here and talked basketball for the rest of the afternoon.
2: we get out the whiteboard and start doing X's and O's.
1: (laughs) Well, here's what happened in the defense last night. Exactly. So, welcome aboard. Nice to have you here. And let's start off. Tell me a little bit about where
2: you're from. Sure. grew up in northeast Nebraska, so you could see South Dakota and Iowa from my front porch. It's a town of 900 people called Ponca. Uh-huh. uh we were a small school we had 22 in my graduating class you knew everybody and everybody knew you I thought I went to a small school yeah. <laughs> if you uh, if you cursed on the playground then by the time you got home your mom knew about it wow. so one of those kind of towns I will
1: have graduated high school 40 years next year Wow and I think our class was the largest ever and we had like 104
2: we got you be that was our whole high school yeah, four yeah.
1: people yeah awesome.
2: My parents owned a grocery store in the town. We had seven aisles. It was all hardwood floors. Mm -hmm. So worked in the grocery store under my keep uh, when I started out and then worked for the state park system for four years. How many
1: people in Ponca? 900. 900. Okay. Well, see now from the town I grew up in, that is uh, three or four times bigger.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. Probably
1: 125 people in the town I grew up
2: in. Sure. Moved on to, to college at the University of Nebraska at Kearney which is not the end of the earth, but you can see it from there. Yeah. It's uh, literally the middle of America, north and south and east and west.
1: Yeah, I've got some good friends from
2: Kearney. Yep, it's a nice city. When you get to Kearney, you're glad you're there because there's nothing before it and there's nothing after it. Wow. But I, I had a great time. We had 8,000 students when I was there at Kearney and just really was able to pretty much do whatever I wanted to do and spread my wings and communications was kind of my thing. Sure. Uh, wanted to be a play-by-play guy was my goal initially. Most sports people do. Absolutely, yeah. So, but I figured that my, uh, my brain moved faster than my mouth. So I figure I better stick to the written word or, uh, you know, try something else. And so that's kind of what set my sail for PR
1: so you still follow nebraska sports oh yeah
2: very closely tiger fan obviously sure. worked there for five years so when they sign your paycheck you kind of got to become a fan still follow the huskers real closely and then also my alma mater nebraska carney the antelopes the fighting antelopes
1: yeah you're like me in that regard too like you're a tiger fan and you're rooting for the tigers and all but when you peel it all back there's something else under there there's right.
2: still nebraska there yeah you watch it closely and Scott Frost was one of my favorite players at Nebraska, who's now the oh, yeah. head coach there growing up. He was one of my all-time favorites. Awesome. I'm excited for him. I hope they do well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the football team, I mean, they're going to put it back together. It's already
2: taken a long time, but yeah. I, hopefully so. They've sold out like something like 380 straight games, which is amazing.
1: That's one of those deals where, I mean, I bet people come from all corners of Nebraska to the football
2: game. The stadium is the third largest city in nebraska on game days yeah. so you have omaha lincoln and, and then, then the, the stadium. stadium i love that stat i, I talk That's about cool. that all the time tell me a little bit about your family sure my wife ann we've been married it'll be 14 years in may and then our daughter ava is 12 and her son william is 10. Uh, we live in jefferson city uh well the suburbs of jefferson city we live in wardsville which is about five miles outside of town. We, uh, we've been in Jeff City for, I guess, 15 years now. Love it down there. Make the commute back and forth every day to Columbia, to Columbia College. 48 minutes and 37 seconds from door to door, from Columbia College to home and back. Gives me time to transition from dad to work and work to dad. I enjoy that. Kids are amazing. Just a lot of fun and busy. Always busy. I mean, everybody says that they're busy with their kids, and it's absolutely the truth, but loving every minute of it.
1: And in addition to... All of that, I mean, your wife also homeschools your kids too.
2: We're very proud of that. That's very good. It's cool. getting less and less unique. There's a lot of people that are starting to homeschool and, and taking that on. And my wife has done an amazing job with the kids. I mean, from the time my daughter was three, she started her in kindergarten at three. Obviously, we want to make sure they master what they need. But at the same time, they're free to move as fast as they want through subjects. Yeah. So she's 12 and already doing Mizzou High School she's much smarter than her father put it that way she gets that from her mother that's That's smart so and then my son he is in fifth grade he's doing great they go up to the public school which is Blair Oaks for an hour every day for what they call specials predominantly their education is at home and they do some online as well. Very cool
1: so does your wife ever talk about the biggest challenge with it like what's the biggest challenge with homeschooling?
2: Well you have to be teacher, principal, superintendent, transportation, cook, uh-huh. parent. I mean, you're doing all those things for them. There's some days where it's draining, but I don't think there's anywhere else that she'd rather be. She was a highway patrol woman for two years when she was a little younger and then worked for Merck Pharmaceutical for a year and a half, two years. So we joke that she went from being a, a cop to a drug dealer when she was younger in her uh, career, but yeah. she uh, she's an amazing woman. She works much harder than I do every day. I know that much and yeah. really, really proud of the uh, the progress that the kids are making and then also that she's taking that on and that's, that's her thing. She's owning it and doing a great job.
1: Your love of sports mm-hmm. and also, I guess, your love of education kind of merged together because you spent five years in Mizzou
2: Athletics. I did. Straight out of college, put out 50 resumes, worked three months in a pizza place in Kearney, You know, trying to go through the whole interview process, I had 15 phone interviews with different athletic departments around the country and then got it down to two that offered me either North Dakota State or it was Mizzou. North Dakota State offered more money, but Mizzou is a Big 12 school. I don't want to work in where it's five degrees most of the year around. Moved to Mizzou, didn't know anybody. Moved to Columbia, didn't know anybody, didn't know anything. $12,000 a year and no benefits. So you just come and you do the best that you can. Some of
1: the best things that ever happened to me in my whole life was when I moved somewhere where I didn't know anybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was just a great adventure.
2: You get to build your own network and you find your people that you fit in well with and you kind of get to create your own narrative of who you want to be, you know, what people expect of you. So I love my time at Mizzou. It was a lot of work. So I want to ask you,
1: yeah. how would you describe your worst day there in the athletic world? Oh, jeez. Um, Like you had to do something that was really not very much fun at all.
2: (laughs) Do you want specifics? No. There There was a day when we had just moved into the new arena. I was there for that from the transition. Yeah. And we were about to have an exhibition game, and some news broke that had a very significant impact on... The arena? Yeah. I think most it's people know the yeah, arena. the name of the arena. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're 30 minutes from tipping off for the first exhibition game in the arena. So that was that was awful. Yeah. That was really, really, I had to go and tell my boss, the athletic director, and then also Quinn Snyder, who was the coach then, 30 minutes before he was getting ready to coach a game. And mm-hmm. that shouldn't be something you worry about. But I knew that he would get asked about it. after the game because yeah because the press conference they would definitely ask him about it I mean there's nothing he could say it's not his thing
1: at least he's prepared for the question
2: that was probably one of my worst days another one was when Aaron O'Neill died Mm -hmm. football player he died uh, following a workout just really brought home how precious and how I don't want to say unimportant but you know Backseat sports takes when something like that happens. You think of his family. I, I got to meet his parents, and also thinking about helping the players when they get asked about it by the media. You don't want to be cold, but at the same time, you have to do your job. It's a definitely a delicate balance. I
1: mean, I know the NCAA doesn't like to think of it this way, but in the year of 2020, it's a business. Uh, you know? Absolutely. And, and when things like that happened, it becomes not a business because all that stuff around the business of sports becomes irrelevant. It's people. Yeah.
2: And I still keep in touch with a lot of the athletes that I work with. That was the time of Ricky Pauling and Trayvon Bryant, Arthur Johnson, Kareem Rush was another one, Clarence Gilbert. So I still keep in track with Jimmy McKinney. I still keep in track with a lot of those guys. And they're still my family. I mean, yeah. they're still people. That was that, a good team, man. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Got to travel everywhere from Syracuse to LA to Seattle. Amazing experiences that when you're in them. You still think it's cool, but yeah. then looking back, it's like, wow, this was this was an amazing experience for a 23 year old kid that didn't know anything. I was the youngest basketball media relations person in the country. Most people are like 30 when they start that gig, and I was able to be promoted and was very fortunate to work with Chad Moler. He was my boss. He was a tremendous boss that really empowered me Chad to had a good yeah. So was very fortunate to to work for him and. Just one of those unforgettable experiences. Like I said, 80-hour, 90-hour weeks were not unheard of during basketball season. Sleeping in the office, not a big deal. You have a game in Texas on Saturday, fly back, Saturday night, Sunday morning, you leave for Syracuse to play on Big Monday. You do what you have to do, and again, it's 23 years old, 24 years old, you're like, yeah, let's do it. No problem, no family. You know, you just go in and you do your job, and you have a great time. What would you say your best day was? Oh, geez. Um, so many good days. When we beat Nebraska in football, Brad Smith, I don't remember what year it was for him, but they did the fake field goal and scored a touchdown, and then we beat Nebraska. That was an amazing night. It was raining that night. I worked field security. My job was to help get the players off the field when the fans came on the field. And being from Nebraska, yeah, it was like surreal brad smith is still one of my all-time favorite people yeah Yeah, he's a great player but he's a better person
1: i got to know brad really really well while he was here and uh, still keep in touch with him Mm -hmm. spent some time with him when he came in town for a men's conference here a couple years ago and he uh he's a real deal man and just grounded
2: you can't find anybody that's more grounded in his faith and in his family and he knows what he wants to do and he does it with integrity from what everything that I've ever dealt with him. When I met
1: Brad Smith when he was 18, I thought, I mean, he's mature at like 28 mm-hmm. or 30. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm talking to a real adult, you know, yeah. just uh, comes from an amazing family and uh, had a really good, really good upbringing.
2: Another great experience. We traveled to Dallas for the big 12 tournament and we were like an eight seed, I think. Everybody expected us to get bounced pretty early in the tournament. So I, I brought one suit for the game. So we beat Nebraska by two. All right, I can wear a suit back-to-back days. I brought two pair of underwear, luckily. So we played, I want to say we played Kansas the next day. There's no way we'll beat Kansas. We beat Kansas by like 10. So I'm going to have to wear this day, suit for man. three days in a row. <laughs> so we go on to play Oklahoma State. And I could be wrong on these teams, but I just remember the when we beat them, you know, the next day, because in the Big 12 tournament. And so I'm like, okay, I got to go out and buy a new suit and new shirt and tie and stuff. So I went out and bought one at JC JCPenney's there in Dallas. And then we lost uh, to Oklahoma by two in the championship game. We were down by 20, came back within two. But that was probably one of my best memories of working in the men's basketball is that run. And then probably tied with that was, uh, was meeting John Wood. That was a highlight, definitely. Yeah.
1: You got me there. I yeah. never got to meet Coach Wooden.
2: Just a real genuine guy and didn't get to talk to him long, but just to be in that presence. One of those people that you want to you want to be like yeah. when you grow up.
1: Well, if you just look at his seven-point creed, that just describes him yeah, perfectly. Absolutely. Great man. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so then from Mizzou Athletics
1: then to?
2: This was a great learning experience for me. This company that I worked for was bought three times in five years. Oh, wow. So we changed names. We were Exos, And then we were jump TV at one point, and then we were new line. Our sales team would sell a website to a university, like to an Ohio state or a Minnesota athletics. My job was to help them make that money back through like online advertising, online video and audio streaming auctions, online store, all that, make that money back. And then whatever we made on top of that, then we would then split that for the contract. did that for five years, got to work from my home. Which is a really interesting experience. Did you like that job? I loved it. I could work out when I wanted to. If I wanted to get up at six and work until 11, spend time with my kids and my wife for a little while, go back to work at two, work till seven, my boss didn't care as long as I was getting the job done and getting what my clients needed. If I didn't have self motivation already, that was a huge self motivator because you have clients from the West Coast to the East Coast, so you had to be on call at any time. And streaming was just getting popular for video because this was like 05 to 010. So it was really becoming mainstream. If they had problems, they would call me with the stream because I could help them troubleshoot it. Kind of became a jack of all trades. I had Ohio State was a client, University of Minnesota, the Big East when it was the Big East. Syracuse, Georgetown, legit Big East basketball. Yeah, I got to go to Madison Square Garden twice and check out the tournament. That was something I'll never forget. Yeah, so I did that for five years. And then Columbia College from 2010 until now.
1: We've got people who listen all over the world to our show. When I have somebody on here locally from Columbia, I always try to describe a little bit about Columbia so they kind of can figure out where we are and that kind of stuff. But this is like College Central here in Columbia, Missouri. I mean... We've already mentioned Mizzou, University of Missouri, and, I mean, there's a college everywhere. I mean, almost every street you go on, and Columbia College is very well known across the country, right? So tell us a
2: little bit about Columbia College. So Columbia College, we're basically not the best kept secret in Columbia, but we continue to grow in our exposure. And some people think that we're just the college and north part of town that has a thousand students but in reality we have locations around the country we have 35 of them 18 of them are on military installations and we serve about 18,000 students in all actuality we're a fairly large college plus our online program we, yeah we focus on the traditional learner and the you know the 18 to 24 year olds but uh, our Our bread and butter is our adult higher education program and our Columbia College Global program that if someone wants to make themselves more marketable after they've been in the job market for X amount of years, we're a great option for them coming to one of our locations evening, online. We're extremely transfer friendly. So if somebody has some credits, they can transfer those in. The military relationship a third of our students are either military active military veterans or dependents of military that's a huge demographic for us and it's a small way that we can thank them for all that they do just really really proud to work at a place that values veteran service my brother's a veteran both my grandfathers are veterans so it's a cool thing to have that kind of that relationship
1: at my house there are three living things that have like top priority veterans kids and dogs i mean those yep. are our three soft spots
2: that's a good thing to We're have right the there Yeah.
1: airports quite a bit and uh, of course we always see you know veterans this that, and the other we just got to thank them
2: you know yep absolutely
1: or buy their meal or whatever you know
2: then those stories are what drive me as a person and why i do what i do is i love to tell stories and I love to lift people up. Those are kind of my two things that I like to do and why I'm in communications and why I'm in PR is because there nothing makes me happier than taking a story that I hear from someone, making it into a black and white or to video or radio or however it is that the story is told and then presenting that to that person and seeing the joy that it can bring. A lot of times people don't get recognition, so if you have a chance to get somebody that doesn't get a lot of recognition in their life, that's a huge opportunity, and it's not something that I take lightly either. I mean, it's important work, and it's, like I said, I love just lifting people up and seeing that reaction when something pans out really well.
1: There have been some pretty incredible basketball and baseball teams at Columbia College.
2: Yes, their athletic program has been just amazing for the past 30 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, from when Coach Bercher took over as athletic director throughout the years, he's just built that thing into a juggernaut. Since I've been there, we had five sports when I came on board, and we're now up to 18. They've really built that program into something special. The last three years, they've won the best athletic department in the conference, so which is called the President's Cup, something that we're really proud of. And We have a new athletic director. His name is James Arnold. comes with amazing energy. He makes coffee nervous. He's got so much energy. He just is going all the time, got great ideas. I think that the coaches have embraced him. Bob was an amazing coach, though. I mean, you can't replace a Bob Burchard. You know, we were lucky to have him for, for so long and his wife, Faye, was also a member of our team for a long time as our dean of student. Well, you
1: got to be a special guy to replace the guy.
2: Exactly, yeah. And, you know, he's, what, seven months in. He's definitely uh, got his feet on the ground, and he's really trying to make an impact and trying some new things, but also being respectful of what's put in front of him and knowing the gravity of what he's doing and of his predecessor. I think he's balanced it well from everything that yeah. I've seen.
1: What else could you tell everybody about Columbia College?
2: It's a really, really family-oriented college. So a majority of our students, when we do a survey, how did you find out about the college? And from a PR guy standpoint, oh, I saw it in the newspaper. Or I saw it on the radio, a story about somebody, which some people do. From a marketing standpoint, oh, I saw an ad, or I saw you know, something that really drew me. Like most businesses, we're mostly driven by word of mouth. Your reputation is as good as the person that went to school, your alumni. You see a lot of families, like you see multi-generational people that I had a great experience at Columbia College. I want my son or daughter to go there. I worked at the Lake of the Ozarks location, and I've seen four and five generation families. One time there was five from the same family going to Columbia College Lake of the Ozarks, which is phenomenal. I've seen graduates from 77 to, I think the youngest I've seen is 15. And I know everybody says it, but it's never too late to go and get that degree If it's something that you're passionate about, we want to help you do that. And I think it's interesting, too, as much as I want people to go to Columbia College, that's what I want. I want them to come and get that degree and to be successful in their career. My philosophy has always been, if not Columbia College, then you need to go somewhere Mm -hmm. because that degree is powerful. It really is. And I'm a firm believer in higher education. Again, Columbia College, that's what we want. We want you there. We want to help you. But if you don't come to Columbia College then get somewhere get that degree yeah
1: and you guys make it so easy i mean either on
2: campus or online i mean we just launched a campaign called tuition last year which is you don't pay for books and you don't pay any fees for any of your classes for our online and then our students around the country so you basically pay one tuition so you can budget out how much college is going to cost you you know, over the course of four or five or however many years you want to take. And that's another thing, too, is we offer six sessions. They're eight-week sessions for our online and nationwide locations. You could come and take two sessions, take a session off, jump back in. It's really flexible to work around your schedule because, as we know, life happens, man. And also, people need a break sometime when you're working 40, 50 hours a week, and then you got to come and take classes. But then there are the people that (laughs) are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and then finishing in three years because they want to get that degree and get that promotion. Really, really try to accommodate those people, the adult learners. But it's fun also, the campus in Columbia on Rogers Street. It's a beautiful campus. I was just going to say, I haven't been
1: to the other 30 some odd, but the one here in Columbia, the campus. When I've been on boards, we've had meetings there, in some of the facilities I've taught classes there, I've given speeches there, I've attended events there. It's a really a nice, nice campus.
2: Again, I keep going back to the word family, but it's absolutely true. It's a pretty tight knit community, whether it be faculty and staff and students and administration. We try to really encourage that. And when you walk down the the uh, the sidewalk, hello, you know, good morning, yeah. you know, you know people. It's, yeah. I want it to be like cheers. You walk into a room and everybody knows your name, and you know, or at least can greet each other, and it's that's the kind of uh, kind of the environment that you want at a college. I work with an amazing team in the advancement division. Suzanne Rothwell is my boss, just a phenomenal leader, and really, really works hard to celebrate our accomplishments, but then also puts us in a position to be successful. Our president, Dr. Scott Dalrymple, does a really nice job with that as well, understands the value of public relations and putting out a good message and making sure that people know our message. So he's supportive of that. It's really, really fortunate to have people that have your back, you know, are supportive of what you do. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for Sam? Sam? I love Columbia College. I mean, I've been there, it'll be 10 years in April. Just really passionate about the work that I do. Got to meet some amazing people. Michio Kaku, a world-renowned physicist, and Ron Stallworth, the Black Klansman. I don't know if you saw that movie or not, but that movie is based on him, and he's an alum, actually. Oh, wow. So, and Spike Lee directed that movie, so got to meet Ron a couple different times. Love working at the college. Love working with the team, and... Just looking down the road, i like to stay in higher education. Fairly certain that people can get what I'm saying is that I love education, whether it be my family or where I work. Education has kind of been, you know, intertwined with what I do for my entire career.
1: What's the main focus for you in 2020? What's 2020 the year of for Sam?
2: So for 2020, trying to focus more on my health. That's a big thing for me, and I think that my health will then guide into a lot of different other opportunities and things. Trying to read more, I don't think you can read too much, and I also think it sets a good example for my kids. They both have already have passion for reading. I'm reading right now Mike Rowe's book. That's the way I heard it. Just a phenomenal read. I've just got it started. Favorite book all time is Tom Osborne's biography growing mm-hmm. up in Nebraska. You, you know, you got the Bible and then Tom Osborne's uh, biography. One of my all-time favorites. Fiction would have to be anything Tom Clancy wrote. I yeah. love Tom Clancy's i got several
1: books. Tom Clancy books on my shelf. Yeah, absolutely. Right next to all the John Calipari books.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to reserve comment on that one. And then also Pray More. Yeah. That's a huge focus for me. And it's just something that I need to do. Faith is important in our family. We go to a Catholic church, which is a mile from our house, just trying to make sure to be grateful.
1: Gratitude cures a lot.
2: Exactly. You know, and we're blessed beyond measure. We have health. We have roof over our heads, and I have a good job. So I really don't have anything to complain about. Yeah.
1: I really appreciate you coming by today and spending some time with us.
2: I appreciate you and uh, the work that you do, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: So we've got a standard list of closing questions that sure, we yeah. ask everybody that comes on the show. Okay. I don't think these will be too difficult for you, so sure. we will we will shoot these to you one at a time. Roll through them. What's the first or best memory that comes to mind for you?
2: Best memory, my 10th birthday.
1: Yeah, what was special uh, about it?
2: We had a backyard, and we played backyard football a lot, like a lot. So we had 15 kids come over, and we played the most epic game of football that I can ever remember. And then we had my favorite chocolate cake and pizza and soda. It was just the perfect day. Another one would be going bowling with my grandma. Uh, She passed in April. So uh, that's something that I I always hang on to is uh, we used to bowl a lot. So she was like my best buddy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot to do in a small town. You know, there wasn't really that many kids or whatever. So I had like so many epic basketball games in the backyard growing up. And I was always the one who was taking the last shot. Yep. There and you go. if I missed, I got fouled. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> call your own foul. That's huh? it, man. Absolutely. And of course, I'm doing the play by play while sure. the game's going.
2: There you go. Who's the number one hero in your life? I would say my wife. Ann? Yep. I walk in the door every day knowing that she has worked hard and she's put her whole focus on our family, done everything that she can for our family. Our kids ice skate, I don't know if I talked about that, which is a unique kind of hobby that not a lot of people do. We have a rink in Jefferson City, so they're there five days a week on the ice either early in the morning, at lunch, and in the evening. She gets them there, make sure that they practice, but then also get their studies done.
1: So with all your core values, what would you say is the top value for you? I would say integrity. And how would you describe integrity?
2: The cliche or the standard answer is doing the right thing when no one's watching, which I agree wholeheartedly, but also someone knowing they can depend on you. I like to be the person that someone can depend on, just someone that they can look to and know that if they need something to be done or need help with something that I will jump in and help. I'm a pleaser. Um, which I know goes along with your disc assessment that you do. Definitely a pleaser, but at the same time, I've learned to be conscientious of that.
1: You can't modulate anything you're not aware of. Exactly. You got it. It's a good coaching point. Yep. You know, if you can self coach yourself, that's great, but uh, it's always, you know, we all got things to work. Absolutely true. So if Ann's the number one hero, who's the most important person?
2: Oh, geez. I would say my God is the most important person in my life. and my two kids, they're definitely the three most important. The people that I work with, I care deeply about. They're my second family. So I'm sorry, that's not one person. But, you know, I have a big tree. My parents-in-law, just my extended family, my brothers. I mean, there's a lot of people that are really, really important to me. What's
1: your favorite thing?
2: Two things. I have a Missouri basketball jersey that I got when I retired from Mizzou. It's number 50, which was my number all through high school. And they put my name on the back of it. And then they put at the bottom, Sam Fleury Media Czar on the plaque. So that's one of my all-time favorite things I have in the house. It's not hung up yet. Maybe when one of the kids move out, we have another room we can hang it up in there. That's awesome, man. I have a Mizzou sweatshirt that I wear all the time at home. I know the day is done when I put that sweatshirt on. Very cool. What's your favorite food? Without a doubt, pizza. I love pizza.
1: Most beautiful place you've ever been to?
2: Curacao was
1: amazing. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Work.
2: Just don't be afraid to work. Learn to love the grind. Exactly. Grind is the key to everything, in my opinion. How do you want to be remembered? Going back to your question about integrity, you want to be somebody that people can depend on. People know that will be there in a tough spot. Someone that people care about, but also know that you care about them.
1: So speaking of coaching, if you could go back and talk to a younger Sam and give him some advice, what would that be?
2: Oh, man. The five-minute, five-day, five-year speech, I think is something that I would definitely tell him. Just consider the repercussions of what's going to happen in five minutes, five days, five years. And also... Yes, work hard, but also have a work-life balance.
1: So what's your favorite sound?
2: My kid's voice. Both of them are very
1: good singers. That's awesome. And finally, what's the best lesson you've learned?
2: Going back to integrity, be respectful to people. And my boss will tell you this, that I do that to a fault sometimes where I defer too much, but not being afraid to speak up.
1: He's the Senior Director of Public Relations for Columbia College. He's my good friend, Sam Fleury, and I am so glad you came today. Tony,
2: thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you doing this. I'll have more on Better Than Before right after this. The Flaming Pit. Sky High Drive-In. Puckett's Menswear, Biscayne Mall. The Balloon Fest. Over the years, we've seen lots of changes here in mid-Missouri. Businesses and people come and go. One thing that hasn't changed is University Subaru. Homegrown is new peas and potatoes. We're so proud to be your locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Come by and
0: experience the difference. University Subaru, truly homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards. and this part of the show, I usually give you some kind of leadership or business lesson. And today, we're going to be talking about putting your strategy into execution. I'm going to give you a short list of basics, which can help connect the dots and put your strategy in motion. So here's the first thing you need to do. First of all, you need a clear vision for what it is that you're trying to accomplish. You need to clearly define your mission. You need to clearly define your vision and you need some critical objectives, some mile markers along the highway to let you know where you are in the entire process of your plan. The next thing is you need alignment. You need alignment around those things, around your mission, around your objectives, with your leadership and your constituents. Make sure that you have some synergy between these elements to support satisfied and loyal internal customers, which in turn will help support satisfied and loyal external customers. All your processes and all your leadership behaviors must be geared towards staying on the same page to reach the same destination and finally you need teamwork now there's all sorts of management buzzwords out there that you've heard such as collaboration and i used one earlier synergy and team building and et cetera et cetera et cetera which are an issue in many organizations but in reality they're mostly symptoms of a couple of things one is you've got no common purpose Everyone isn't on the same page about what your company is, how it was founded, and what it's doing in business in the first place. Another thing is you have no clarity on roles, like People don't know what their role in the organization is, and they're not quite sure what their responsibilities are. I did an exercise once with a facility that we bought back when I ran a company. We were in acquisition mode, so we were making lots of acquisitions, and we had to learn how to assimilate these acquisitions into the company pretty quickly and efficiently. And I did an exercise with the acquisition that we made in which I asked all the people in the company that we bought to write down what their job was and all the different things that they had to do in their job. And you know what I found out a lot of people were doing other people's jobs and very few people were doing their own job. They were way more interested in somebody else's role or someone else's responsibilities than what theirs should have been. So you have to have clarity around that for people to be able to function properly inside your organization. Another thing is there's no clarity on team behaviors. What are the acceptable behavioral norms that you want to cultivate and you want to nurture inside your team? Another one is there's no clarity around measures of success. What measurements are you going to put in place to let people know either that we're on track, we're ahead of schedule, we're not on track, or we're way behind schedule? People have to be able to look at those measurements to be able to tell where they are. Right? That's why you need those critical objectives that I talked about earlier. And finally, there's no clear plan or accountability on regular systemic updates. So you need regular updates throughout the system and throughout the teams so everybody can get resynchronized and get back on the same page as to where we are now, where we're supposed to be where we're going, and what time we need to be there, right? So when there's clarity around all of these things that I've mentioned in this segment today, there is going to be some really good progress. Now, you may have some trust issues and you may have some conflict, but it's real and it's productive as far as driving your team to making your strategy actually come to life in tangible execution. You need to put these things into place and into practice. That's our show today. We want to thank Sam Fleury for being our special guest, teaching me more about Columbia College and you too better than before is brought to you by university subaru from here been here always will be here university subaru your truly locally owned dealer you can follow me on twitter at tony richards4 and also our company page at Clearvision.deV. dev on behalf of our associate producer whitney coker and chief producer william foster thank you so much for listening again this week i'm tony richards
0: reminding you that everything gets better when you get better